Hello, executive producer. Are you murdering on my chair again? Anyways, you can... <laughs> hey, everyone, and welcome to The Webline, a podcast about Spider-Man and his amazing world. Here, we discuss all aspects of our favorite web-slinger in a fun informal but informative forum. I'm your humble host, the Spidey Librarian, and with me now for this very special bonus episode are my guests, Diane Maynard and Chuck Scheel. Diane is my first returning guest on the podcast. Diane, how are you doing? Doing pretty okay. The only downside is the room I am in had its AC fall off today. So if you see me whip out a fan from time to time, it was 110. So it's a bit warm in here. Oh wow, that is uh, that is that is the price you pay for uh, for living in Houston. And I know this well because uh, I live here too. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, and then Chuck is a friend of mine and also manages a comic shop chuck how are you doing doing pretty good doing pretty good all right well it is good to have you guys here and really one of the things that um i love about having started this podcast is just the fact that ever ever since lockdowns covid all that stuff i mean we've been dealing with that stuff for over three years and particularly since lockdowns it's just it seems that, at least in my social circle, you know, the opportunity to get out and see people and just kind of be around your friends, those opportunities just don't seem to happen as much anymore. And so one nice thing about this podcast is I get to see all my all my cool friends um, who, who, who love this same topic that I do. I get to see you guys and be like, "Hey, how are you?" You know, in 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 one case already, uh, with uh, with Andrew Jones, who was the guest for episode two, uh, he and I hadn't seen each other's faces in probably twenty or so years. So uh, that's been really nice, and I'm just really excited to have the uh, the both of you here right now. So in this week's episode, Diane. Chuck and I will be talking spoilers for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This epic movie gave us all a lot of feels and emotions, and now we're going to take an unfiltered view of what we liked about it. just get us started off what did you think of this movie i i loved it with one caveat Ooh, okay i like caveats what was it i didn't realize it was supposed to be part one of two. <laughs> oh, okay all right actually i've heard that quite a bit and the funny thing is i hear variations on it i will sometimes hear uh, I didn't know it was part one of two. Or if if you're if you're me or or in this camp, 
you'll be like, I am so glad that when they first started doing marketing for this movie, they advertised it as Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, because then I was at least somewhat prepared for the cliffhanger ending. So um, it, it's just kind of one of those things, either you remember that or you missed it, pretty much. So, but uh, or, yeah, go, go on, Diane. Or your brain edited it and decided that into the Spider-Verse was across the Spider-Verse part one. And you remember hearing across the Spider-Verse part one and, and we're still surprised. I mean, you know, it's the, the Mandela effect is pretty common with these kinds of things. So anything's possible. Uh, what? Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. Chuck. Me, I always, I'm sorry. With me, it's always, you know, I, growing up, I always had those wizard articles talking about movies coming out that never arrived. So I got in the habit when I was younger of just I'll I'll wait until it shows up and then I'll start paying attention to it. Otherwise, I might not get that that new. Well, of course, nowadays you, you get a Spider-Man or a or a Captain America. But like, you know, right. the, the Captain America movie I waited uh, like a year and a half for went straight to video and, and wound up being pretty awful. So, <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> I saw I saw the, the movie poster in the theater like it was sitting in, in my local AMC. And I'm like, I've got to see this Captain America movie when it shows up. And it never showed up. <laughs> but I saw Blockbuster and I rented it. It's like, well, I, now I know why. Chuck, I have, to, I have to ask, is do you have a do you have a little like 3D printed Skeletor in front of you? Is, I was wondering it... how long it'd take you to notice. I'm I'm messing with you, Tony. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> it's a little uh, a little Skeletor muscle man. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Very cool. For uh for for any of our for any of our audio listeners who will see this long after the the live stream on on Chuck's uh, feed, he he has a what what appears to me to be a small purple three D printed Skeletor figurine. So that's that's really cool. That is very cool. Basically, it very nice, very nice. So guys, when I did the review of this movie for episode two of the of the podcast, my guest and I, um, Andrew Jones, we made the resolution that we were going to try to avoid spoilers. And that was very difficult to do because there was so much about this that we wanted to talk about that would have given uh, spoilers away. Now we don't have those filters. So you guys get to kind of cut loose with me. And I would just like to hear from each of you, what were a couple of things that you saw in this movie that you were just like, oh my God, oh my God, I want to talk about this, but I can't because I just don't want to spoil that for someone who hasn't seen it. For me, I think the the very meta concept of canonness, and, you know, fiction has canon, reality mm -hmm. doesn't have canon. Yeah. So having a canon to your reality and the idea that if you break canon, you break reality, kind of that, you know, Doctor Who fixed point in time. And that was fundamental to the comic of the Spider-Verse as well. Um, but just this idea of reality having a canon and therefore the 
idea that the hero is not allowed to save certain people mm -hmm. and the fact that that is just fundamentally antagonistic to the concept of a hero um is always an interesting concept for it, it for them to play with to me yeah um my actually my my guest in the very first episode michael hale i asked him what he what were some of his hopes for this movie and I, I, I don't know if either of you have, have listened to or, or watched that episode, but uh, he, he became my first swear word on the podcast because his, <laughs> his biggest hope for this movie was that it would take the idea of what a Spider-Man story was supposed to be and just flip it the bird. And essentially be like, you know, screw your, that's not the word he used, but screw your, your corporate storytelling, screw your this or that. And then I'm watching the movie and then the idea of the canon event comes up and I'm like, uh, uh, Michael, this, this, this is, this is your thing that they're going to have to grapple with. And it very much that, that was at the crux of the conflict between Miles and, and Miguel and, and all the other spiders. I have to say that's going to be the deciding factor in that next one for me. I I, I am totally on Miles' side about this. I don't I, the idea of a canon event being part of the architecture of the multiverse and needing to be there. Um, I don't buy it. I feel like it's a it's a ploy. I mean, it's easy to feel that way, too. You know, it's just like, really? So all Spider-Man stories have to be this way? What? You know, police captain close to them has to... You know, it's it's very like, oh, God. You know, and they, they do make a strong case for it, too, because they made reference to... Um, they, they didn't say who it was, but uh, I think when they were talking about, like, prime Spider-Man, the comics Spider-Man, like when they talked about his reality and, and, and a police captain that close to him, they, that was uh, killed because he was fighting another foe. That was captain George Stacy. And that was during mm -hmm. Spider-Man's conflict with doc Ock. And so like, you know, they're, they're making this case that it's like, I, I mean, this, this, this makes a certain amount of sense and, you know, but it's, it's like, you know, yeah, okay, that happened originally, but even the original one doesn't have that doesn't have to be the way things go. That doesn't have to be the you know, just because it's just because everything else came from this doesn't mean it needs to go the same way. Does that make sense? And it it um it gives the out as well, at least one option of an out with Gwen's dad Spider Gwen's dad choosing to quit because of losing her. Oh God! And therefore, <laughs> he's no longer captain, and therefore he won't die, or he's not part of the canon anymore because he's he's not the police captain anymore. I mean, like, so, and 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 you know, d during that scene, I mean, did any did did that 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 choked me up a little bit when he said that he'd quit. I was like, oh man, because because you know given the way he's presented that this is a guy who has grown up with very strong ideas of, you know, being a cop and what it means to him. So it clearly meant a lot to him. 
but you know he's like okay well if it's going to bring me into this kind of conflict with my daughter it's not worth it you know it choked me up a little bit all of the spider woman stuff in this movie was great to me i thought it was it was fantastic it was kind of my favorite part of the movie i i feel like miguel has got something going on in the background and this whole continuity thing is a smoke screen that's my personal opinion uh-huh okay it, it's too much like a like the butterfly effect without the actual mechanics of the butterfly effect it, it feels like that this has to be there because that's the way it was but it doesn't make any sort of sense why reality would collapse in on itself to me i mean it could just be a you know a, a plot device but i feel like they they build something more into it or be a little more clever about it with this or they will be in the next one maybe but right now i feel like it's got to be he's hiding something i mean that that i guess that makes a certain amount of sense i i mean I never got the I, I never got the feeling that Miguel was lying to 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 Miles or anyone else, but it did kind of feel like there was something amiss about his version of of how things went down with regard to the web of life and everything. Yeah, Miguel feels deeply untrustworthy to me. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know if he is actively lying or if he himself does not fully understand what is actually going on here because i feel like that's easily part of the problem is that miguel has misunderstood the nature of these things certainly possible i mean he's just basically assumed Mm -hmm. like like he's like oh okay things are in disarray i'm seeing like i mean technically if you if you think about it the post credit scene from into the spider verse like the idea of him going back in the first place to where it started to the 1967 cartoon and like why okay why is he going back there like what what happened what is causing him to do this and he makes reference to like the he makes reference to the events in no way home and you know other stuff like that as potential reasons uh for why he has to stabilize everything but i'm just wondering like how does he know about this what makes him like like how does he know that what he's figured out about the web of life is actually the way it's supposed to be does that make sense especially because if there's any spider character whose story does not follow spider-verse canon it's Miguel. Miguel is not a true Spider-Man. Uh, if yeah, if, if we're playing by the rules of the web of of life, there's definitely plenty of reason to call that into question. You know, actually, this is probably a little bit off topic, but I want to ask you guys something because I, I I recently did a rewatch of Into the Spider Verse, and. I noticed something that kind of made me go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So the spot when he is talking to Miles and tells him, hey, I created you, you know, and he says Mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, that that spider came from another universe and bit you and and you don't, you know, you're you're an accident, basically. And the thing is, I, I remember thinking that feels kind of shoehorned in. That feels kind of like, 
you know, we're, we're trying to pull some threads from the previous movie into this one that don't feel completely earned. Well, I was watching Into the Spider-Verse and the spider that bit Miles glitches. Yeah, it does. And that blew my mind. I was like, oh, oh my God, it all makes sense. The spot is actually not lying, at least based on based on all of kind of the empirical evidence. What I mean, like, did you guys did you guys put that together before I did? Did you know that? What do, what do you think of that? I, I, sorry, go ahead, Chuck. I had gone back and watched it again. I'm glad to hear that they actually got that in there. I was thinking this was all stuff they just built on the first movie and kept moving. No, it uh, totally but, it totally was in there. Like the spider glitches after Miles and Aaron walk away from it. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like like no, I, I rem- Go ahead. Yeah, I remembered as soon like I remembered seeing the spider glitching and going, huh when it happened in the first movie. And so then when he says it came from another movie, I was like instantly, that's why the spider glitched. So, so Diane, when you, when you watched into the spider verse the first time, cause I certainly didn't put this together at the time. Did you notice that like when the spider glitched, like, did that, did that cause you to be like, why did that happen? Or was it just like, eh, foreshadowing for the others? Like, and it just didn't quite, you know, connect. No, it was a, why did, why did that happen? Yeah. Why did the spider glitch? But then I just like went on and other stuff was happening and, and right, it didn't right. do anything. So it just sort of kind of got filed away the, and, but as soon as he said that, like immediately my brain flashed to the spider glitching. So I, that, I knew I instantly remembered that. That is, that is crazy. Um, Let me think. I, uh, I I may need to take a short break. If you guys want to talk about other aspects of the movie that you enjoyed, um, I'll be right back in just a moment, okay? Sure. All right. All right. Well, did you notice how they kind of went into um, Miguel's fangs and they kind of brought up the whole, he said something about a vampire or something or other. I know Miguel had fangs in the comic books, but seemed like they brought that up for a reason and never really revisited it. Do you remember, did they connect that to anything at, at some point? I just missed it or. I think that's going to become really important in the next one because the, why he has fangs and the him being a vampire thing is also part of him not being a real Spider-Man based on that web of life concept because he wasn't bitten by the spider. He reverse engineered the spider venom and inject you do see him injecting himself with it in in one scene so yeah he's not really a a like i said a real spider-man he didn't get bitten he doesn't have that he has a completely different backstory than all of the others so are we talking are we talking about what miguel we're talking about miguel and what makes him not a real spider-man well, he asked if I uh, if they ever did anything with like the fangs and the comment about being a vampire, and I was saying that that's all stuff about how he became a <laughs> spider person, and that I think they're going to do more with that in the next film. 
Yeah. I remember in the comic books he did have the fangs, but like I think there was a, a scene in the movie. I might I might be forgetting it correctly, but it looked like he bit somebody, and I don't remember him ever biting anyone. I just remember he had the the the, the animal fangs on the upper and lower, and it was part of the process that turned him into that. He just he looked a little more animalistic. Um, I, I remember but, um, I remember in the trailer seeing uh, Miguel lunge at Miles. And for like a split second, you see those fangs. And I mean, I've read the comics. I've, I've read the Spider-Man 2099 comics. I know he's got fangs. But the thing is, like, to see that in a Spider-Man movie or in a Spider-Man trailer, in my case, like, it, it was just a second of, oh, my God, just shock there. And then and then you're like, wait, no, that makes sense. The, this is how Miguel is. And it looks like trouble just visited me. So, hey, Trouble. Trouble is my kitty. She's she's also an executive producer on the podcast, so she just wanted to come by and say hi to you guys. <laughs> oh, but oh my god. Um there was there was just so much to love about this movie that I could not tell my coworkers about. I I don't know, I don't know if I told you guys, but like all my coworkers, I mean, you guys can see me wearing uh spider-man compression shirt right now i've i've got a miles morales compression shirt on i love these things i'm gonna buy a ton of them and just wear them all the time so my co-workers they they kind of know me and so when i came in on friday morning after watching across the spider-verse one of them just kind of looked at me expectantly and was just like well and uh you know i'm like you know, I was just like, okay, well, it was really good. It moved me to tears, which it did. And I really can't say any more because there are some hella spoilers in this movie. There was so much to love about it. And uh, one of the one of the characters that I absolutely adored in this movie was Spider-Man India. He was unbelievable. I've I've read the Spider-Man India comic, and it's a good comic, and it's a good version of Spider-Man. But you compare that to what they did in this film? Hello, executive producer. Are you murdering on my chair again? Anyways, <laughs> you, com you compare what they did uh, in the comics to what you see in this movie and it's just like wow the comics design is like very lazy by comparison this is a cool looking and a very just like happy-go-lucky uh spider-man india from mumbatan i think they called it and i just i just loved him so much him th doing the web uh thwipping like with the with his bangle and everything um I don't know. What did you guys think of him? Because I, I loved him personally. As a, as someone that works in the comic book store, uh, I was kind of looking forward to being able to show people that Spider-Man India, when it comes back into print, now I kind of feel like <laughs> they got the one in the film and <laughs> we don't need to worry about that. It, it's, it's, he's great. He's great. Uh, I, I feel like, he kind of needs his own movie, but I feel that way about all the characters. There's I know, right? In these things. 
I know. It's like right? everybody that pops up. Yeah. So many great characters in this movie. I I want I I loved him. I it was what happens when Spider-Man has self-esteem. <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, um one thing one thing that kind of struck me because he had the canon event that Miles foiled. And and that was a canon event that was supposed to strike tragedy into his life, you know? And I really kind of feel like you remember during one of the trailers how they said that uh, or Miles is having that talk with his mother and his mother says tells him, you know, I need you to protect the little child within you. I, I need you to look out for him because um, I, I just I see my little boy becoming a man and I really want that child to remember that he's loved and accepted and everything. It, I really kind of felt like this is this is an example. This is a Spider-Man before um you know before he has to put on the 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 dour grays of adulthood and loss and things like that and i felt like miles was at least in some ways whether he knew it or not trying to protect that you know that 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 innocent that happy go lucky that that child um he he was trying to honor his his mother's intentions by by what he did and I think that's one of the reasons that he did it. And I think that's one of the reasons that Miguel, who never got such a talk, never had that kind of perspective, was so upset when he did it. You know, it just occurs to me, one of the other things about that incident and that Miguel's whole thing about the canon events and everything is that Presumably the canon, if the canon events are a structure that holds the individual worlds within a multiverse together, this wasn't actually the right canon event because the villain that was the pivotal villain was not from that world. Spot does not come from that world. So he can't be the initiator of that world's canon event properly that's 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 an interesting take on it too yeah no that i i hadn't thought of that but like how but does yeah, i how, loved pavitar pavitar uh, pavitar pavitra prabakar i believe is i loved him yeah no he was, he was great he was, he was so great uh what 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 other what other characters and and whose arcs did you did you guys like i see that uh i see that leia rose is in the chat welcome leia uh and she says that her uh favorite character is spider gwen and i i what one i loved that this story started out in her world she had about like a good what 10 to 15 minutes of yeah of um exposition there and I loved mm -hmm. it. You know, it was it was wonderful. And it really I kind was, of Oh, go go ahead, Chuck. So I was gonna say my earlier comment about, you know, my one caveat was the fact that this was not a you know, they didn't finish up the story in one. We've got to wait for another one to come up. Uh, I was talking to somebody else that had that same issue and they they're like washed their hands of the movie because they 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 feel deceived. I'm like, listen, the first, you know, before the credits roll on the film. 
that bit right there sold me on the movie. That was that was good. That was a good movie right there. Everything else beyond that was just you know it was just good scenes on top of good scenes and just a good story overall. You got to keep waiting on it, but that <laughs> bit of it was a whole movie right there, and I, I was thrilled by it. But I'm sorry, I derailed that. Continue. <laughs> oh no, no, ab- I, a- absolutely. I, I, you know, um, I, I just I think that they showed that Gwen, you know, um, uh, my uh, my previous guest Andrew said that Miles and Gwen are kind of co-protagonists in this movie. They've got a lot of the same, yeah, they've got a lot of the same beats. They've they've got a similar hero's journey that they're going through. Um, Even as they're in conflict with each other, they're going through a lot of the same things together. And Diane, did you have something to say? Um, I think that, first of all, I will always love Ghost Spider, Spider Gwen. Uh, She's just a great character. I do wish they'd stuck with the Ghost Spider name. Um, just because I think it sounds cooler, um, and less like I don't know. Jessica Drew will always be uh, Spider Woman, so uh, for me, so I like Ghost Spider. Um, but I loved her character arc. I loved her. She's got more of the anger, more of the, like, I can't, even though she's only had the same, like, I guess, character beat-wise number of tragedies that Peter has, or that Miles has, rather. Uh, She and Miles have the same number of tragedies, whereas he continues to, like, have more of that child, have more of that openness, and she is reacting to it differently. She's reacting to it in the more like, fine, I don't need anybody. I'm just going to close myself off completely kind of reaction. Um, and so while they have those very similar beats, they respond to them very differently. And I think that's really interesting because it lets you contrast. You don't just sort of go along with it that, oh, yeah, this is how a person would react to that, which you kind of sometimes do in a film where you just sort of go along with the beats that you're shown. And so I like that you can see the contrast here between, well, they both had similar tragedies, but they responded to them very differently. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. I agree. And, um, you know, again, we just, (sighs) one of the things about this movie that has just really kind of floored me is how much how much love is put into like every single frame of it you know and you that that means that every character has been given some thought even like scarlet spider who is you know who who is basically there to flex and to be silly do you, do you guys know who the voice actor was for that what a lonely and, island right? yeah it was andy samberg was okay he, he was he was basically doing uh his brooklyn 99 bit it felt like you know so no no um but but i mean the casting is wonderful and um i think i felt, that, a, I felt a little 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 i like scarlet spider and uh 
that was that was fair, but I, I thought it would have been more appropriate if they did a, like a really, really accurate Todd McFarlane, Peter Parker, Spider-Man with the big eyes. Give him <laughs> the internal monologue. <laughs> that would have been funny, actually. No, uh, so I remember because, I mean, you know, I, I, I belong to some Spider-Man like Facebook groups and stuff like that. And I've seen some people like really kind of grumbling they're like why did they have to make scarlet spider all silly and stuff and i'm like guys <laughs> i'm is. sure there's i'm sure there, there's a multiverse where your scarlet spider exists and he's having a grand old time and we'll get to him someday you know but this is really not his yeah, story like you know sorry they got to him in 1994 they're fine yeah yeah you know um I kind of feel like one of the reasons that Gwen is making some of the choices differently than she does from Miles also comes from uh, the influence of Miguel and also uh, the Jessica Drew character, um, because she very clearly wants to impress. I don't think she cares much for Miguel, but I do think she wants to kind of like I think she sees like a surrogate mother in Jessica and was trying really hard to impress her but jessica is like one of the loyal lieutenants for miguel and so you know by the end of the movie she's like i okay i think i'm done like i don't know um i thought i thought that that spider woman was really cool i really felt she was kind of underutilized but very you know i i also don't know what else i would have done with her what uh what did you guys think you know her I her being the loyal lieutenant for Miguel just made me go, this Jessica Drew cannot have the backstory of the Jessica Drew that I know. Like, Ooh, okay. I cannot see the Jessica Drew that fought her way out of being a Hydra creation and, you know, brainwashed by her mother and fought her way out of that, fought her way into being a hero. I just don't see that person falling in line with somebody who acts the way Miguel acts. Like, it just didn't feel right to me. So okay. I felt like they took her her look and the fact that she had a story arc where she got pregnant and that was oh, not even her look, her costume. <laughs> and you had a story correct. arc where she was pregnant, and that's like that was all that was there of Jessica to me. Like I couldn't imagine her being this person without a lot of backstory that we did not get. I certainly don't remember Jessica having finger webs and a motorcycle. <laughs> I mean, a motorcycle can come from anywhere, but yeah, like I, she just didn't feel like Jessica at all. She felt like some completely other character that just had Jessica's costume and still decided to superhero while pregnant. Okay, that's I fair. I kind of feel like he was still kind of in the in the background as a plot device more than a character. They she had a few moments, but for the most part when she was introduced, she was more of like an aspirational figure for Gwen. And then as the movie per, per, um went forward, it was more like she's kind of doing what's necessary because of what Miguel has, has laid out in front of her. Uh, 
as to whether or not she's questioning it, hard to say at this point, but uh, she, there is definitely a little bit, bit of reluctance in her. Yeah. Um, I thought the, the, the pregnancy was going to come up at some point, like that was going to somehow be part of the plot. Like that this baby that she's carrying has something to do with the plot going forward or, or something in the past, some sort of connection, but it never really came up. I, I, I don't know whether it's just because in the comic books, when Jessica drew was wearing that suit, she was pregnant or if it was actually going to be part of the story. I feel like it might be something that she has to grapple with in the next one. Maybe. Maybe I'm wondering if in the next one, they're going to threaten both her baby and Mayday and Miguel call it a canon event because he lost his daughter. That that's pretty insightful. (laughs) That God, I, wow. Yeah, no, that, that, that would be um That's... that would be pretty uh pr- pretty dark and deep so uh i don't know i i mean again i liked her overall i just wasn't sure just there there were times when i was just questioning like what exactly is her place in this film you know and and so um i don't know i guess the impression that they were all kind of refugees that they all got I was thinking back to the old, like, uh, the the Exiles program and all of these spider people that wound up in the in the the program are all people that kind of, like, got a little, little unstuck, but they can still go back, but they're kind of in this program now because their reality, something's funny about it. Okay. Interesting. Like, I mean... Or at least about them. Well, you know, we all go a little crazy sometimes, so... <laughs> Um, bad day, huh? Sometimes all it takes is one bad day, right? <laughs> I think my favorite of the uh, extra spiders of the other dimensional spiders had to be Hobie. I thought oh. they did such an amazing job with the art style for Hobie. He was so distinctive. Um, and... Dude, Honestly, I'm surprised he stuck it out with Miguel as long as he did. The uh the the and the internet just loves Hobie from this movie. They're they're just like, dude, we love this guy. Um I mean Spider Punk is awesome. <laughs> I mean I mean like I've I've heard Unity. of Spider Punk and I mean like I've seen him pop up like in Spider like the Spider-Verse comics and everything. I've never really gotten like a real kind of good look at who the character is and is supposed to be and everything like but um like this this was kind of the first in-depth look that i've really had of this character and uh you know what i like this character give us more of him put him in the comics if he's if he's different enough from the comics then replace that guy with this guy like i i like this guy and 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 really um i really kind of feel like like there was that whole there's a whole thing with Miles and Gwen, that whole kind of pseudo love triangle that I don't think is actually there, but like because of Miles's relative inexperience makes it think that there could be. Maybe there is and we just don't know. But but it's it's just kinda like at the end of the day, like they tease that. And at the end of the day, I feel like Spider Punk does a good job of just showing a 
done, done none of that matter. Like, all it comes mm-hmm. down to is who's got your back when you need them. And he he was that guy. Like, he was like, in many ways, he he was like the hero of the final part of the movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's the one that's going to bring him back. Well, and his actions are going to bring all these characters back together, it looks like. so. He's, he's from what I've seen, he's actually slightly toned down from who he is in the comics. Really? Uh, that feature him. In the comics that feature him, he actually, um, his world has a Norman Osborn that is also a Venom that is like a totalitarian leader. Oh, <laughs> and he straight up kills him with punk rock music. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love um, that. And so, yeah, he's great. I also, I don't think I buy the whole, if there's a love triangle, it's a stable one. <laughs> you don't get many of those in, in, in the media these days. Um, I doubt Disney would actually go there. Um, but I, I find that more believable than a like fraught love triangle. Like I felt, I felt like that entire thing was more miles projecting than anything else. Like, like that's the feeling that I got from miles Mm -hmm. and you know, yeah, like I, I, I I don't know. Like, like it was just like, I kind of see what you guys are doing. I'm not sure if I approve, you know, like, uh, you know, like, like love triangles are just kind of a thing that, that I have just kind of come to accept when I see them. I'm just like, all right, another friggin' love triangle. But, but like, I don't think I, like, I think the issue for me was like, why are you, why are you teasing and tormenting this boy? He's already going through enough as it is, you know, don't, don't, don't do that. Leave my miles alone. You know, <laughs> you, you got to beat up on the spider man, regardless of who it is. You know, they, you're you're not wrong. You do have you to have an easy day. You do have to put him through the ringer a little bit and kind of let him let him suffer, but I don't know. I I just I don't want to do that, you know? This is my miles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um uh you 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 guys both know that I am a young adult services librarian in a public library. And some of my teens were actually just talking to me today and they asked me, they're like, So Tony what's who who's your favorite spider-man and of course that answer is peter parker but peter parker has the advantage of having like 60 plus years of story and content and stuff for you to kind of latch on to about the character so i always feel the need to be like okay but there are several others who i think are very good runners up and so i you know, they're like, okay, well then who, who are your second and third places? And they were surprised when I very easily said second place, Kane Parker, third place, Miles Morales. And I have a feeling in the not too distant future, Miles is going to be a very strong number two, because in the 12 or so years he's been here, he has gotten some really strong stories, and he's also shown that he's every bit the same 
he's every bit as worthy of of the Spider-Man mantle as Peter Parker is. And I really just love that we're getting such a strong showcase of that, you know, of of that in action through these movies, you know. But uh I don't know, it, it was it was nice to see so many different spiders in the movie including some of my other favorites you know uh some of whom only got cameos because like i freaking loved spider-man noir and you you only like see him for like maybe a total of 10 seconds uh in in the in the entire film now it looks like given how the movie ends because gwen has kind of gone off and assembled her own spider team and it looks like the other three who were fairly prominent in into the spider verse it looks like they will be back after kind of setting this one out but um like who were who were some of you guys's favorite i don't know if nothing else cameos that you saw that were just like oh that's a deep cut like you know i can't i can't believe they did this you know it wasn't a deep cut, but I was kind of thrilled to see uh, who they who they put for the live action Prowler in the. Oh yes! Oh god, that was so awesome! <laughs> that was the implications. Really cool. Oh man, was... yeah, no, like, and the thing is, because I know a lot of people were like, "Ah, Prowlers in the MCU," you know, and it's like. If, if I really wanted to be a nerd, I'd be like, well, actually, that just might be a variant of that particular Aaron Dave, you know, but like, you know, I, I understand why, you know, why, why you would think that. But it's 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 just like, wow, um, does, does, does that mean we'll get does that mean we'll get Miles in the MCU? Can we get him, please? Please? You know, that would be great. Uh, some, someday, uh, maybe maybe sooner than later. I mean, I've got my fingers crossed, you know. <laughs> they, they've done so many other characters at this point; it would be it'd be impossible not for them to get get around to it. You make you make a good point. You make a good point, Diane. Any any characters that popped up that you were just like squee? They put them in, other than Aaron Davis, of course. I mean, all of the live-action cameos were, were wonderful to see. Um, I have to, I know I miss a lot of the cameos. I can't wait for it to come out on streaming so that I can freeze-frame my way through. Oh my and, god, and, yes. <laughs> and pick out... Um, I did really like, um, I'm blanking, um, I want to say Web Walker, and I don't think that's the right name for her in this, what? the, uh, hmm? I, I was going to say, just go ahead and describe them. The, uh, the projection, the, the computer programmer. Spider Bite. Spider bite. That's it. Yes, yeah, I liked bite. spider bite a lot. Um, I, I, I kind of only I've only seen that scene once because I have not yet gone back to see this in the theater multiple times yet. But my 
kind of the kind of read that I was getting between Miles and her is that they were they were kind of they were kind of clicking pretty well. And mm-hmm. um, what I've read from other fans on message boards was that Gwen took one look of those at those two bonding and immediately kind of like yanked Miles away from her like, hey, no, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, 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 I want to rewatch that because I really kind of. I, I liked that. I liked that character, and I, I like that character's voice actor. Do you, do you know who that is? Mm-mm. That's Amanda Stenberg. Do you know? Do you know who she is, or who who they no. are actually? Did you see? No. Did you see the Hunger Games, the very first one? Yes. Rue. That was Rue. That's Rue. Yes, that's Rue from the Hunger Games. So, and and so I was just like. This, this this is really cute you know like like these 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 two young uh spider people um who have not seen each other you know and, and again i like i like the actor and then gwen is like okay you can come over here we need to do this thing you know um and there are some people say what the spider bike character's name was did you catch that if, uh, did, they, did they give it to you it was margo something I don't remember the last right? No. Okay. No. At least I don't think so. I like to think I would have caught something like tombs, but... Yeah. You know. Sometimes things go over my head. I am not Drax, so... Well, I'm... I'm... (laughs) So, um... But yeah, no, um... I was was really, really happy. And, And I do like the way that, uh... Like she kind of was pivotal towards the end where Miles was trying to get back home and everything. Like I think she she delayed things just long enough for him to actually make the jump. Um when when she 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 could have shut everything down and Miles like I think she I think she both liked and probably sympathized enough with Miles to be like, okay, I th- I think I need to give him this, you know? So Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, towards the end of the movie, because because I've I've said that this movie actually moved me to tears, and and it it, it really did because by you know I I don't know if this is just a thing that happens as I get older or what, um, but I feel like I just I I sympathize or I empathize with characters more um, like towards the end of, I think season two of like young Sheldon, which I know a lot of people aren't crazy about that character, but like there was just like, he was going through so much that it was hard for me not to feel like pangs of pain on his behalf, you know? And, and that's, that's really how I felt with miles, you know? And, and again, I mean, yeah, the character has left his mark on me again. I'm wearing his compression shirt. I love this character very much. And he has just gone through so much. He has been betrayed. Like, he feels betrayed by all of his erstwhile allies. He's butting heads with Miguel. He is desperate to get home. And then um, and then you you find out that after he thinks he got home that he did not and he's in a completely different universe where there is where his uncle Aaron is alive his father is dead and there's another him 
who is the prowler and so like by that point i was just like i i would probably be broken in in like if all of that were happening to me you know um and so uh what moved me to tears though because i was close enough by that point was that gwen had basically like you know she 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 got home she was sent home she was forced to go home and and she she has that heart to heart with her dad and she basically you know she just basically is like i i have to go after miles and so you know it's not only her doing that for him but it's also like she's she's rounded up her team every, and 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 as i recall it included like pretty much the five, the the five main spiders from into the spider verse except for miles um so noir was there penny was there ham was there peter b and her hobie was there um margo spider bite was there i believe um and it and it was just like basically it was tears of hope you know i was i was just like you know this is awesome they're coming to get you hang tight you know and see what you can do um until they get there and um you know again a very very emotional ending for me what what, what did you guys think of that i i caught on to the the when they were sending him to the other reality i'm like they just you know i i realized he's going to the wrong place so i did too (laughs) and i was just like i'm like okay we're gonna figure out where he's going to and the whole time i was kind of more perplexed by what what is he going to encounter here uh because he's going to get a curveball and i (laughs) you know we we knew that but like he doesn't and he's sitting there telling telling his mother you know what he should have told her you know a year ago uh and i'm like shut up shut up shut up just get out of there because you're uh, you're glad that he's reached that point but you're also like uh, but this is a great but this is long and Mm -hmm. you took too long and your candy's gone you're done uh uh, get out of there uh and and so uh i knew like when the bag turned around i'm like i know who this is gonna be i just i want that's that's rough man you, you're gonna have to fight your evil doppelganger which is you know uh uh always fun but and uh, and, and a spider-man rite of passage <laughs> absolutely maybe, maybe that'll hold the 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 multiverse together you know <laughs> but uh but uh I, i'm that that's the the with me the biggest enemy at that point i'm like i'm not going to get resolution on this and this is all very cool but uh uh i want to see this fight and i'm going to sit here through the credits and hopefully they're going to give me a date when i need to show back up and they did not so uh, it's it's gonna... march of 2024 um unless that's awful it could be worse and it still could be worse because there is the uh, the writer's strike and now SAG-AFTRA 
So um, unless they yeah. unless they are completely finished with this movie, if they have to go back for rewrites, we're gonna it's gonna get delayed again. So yeah, yeah unless well, it's completely in post. Yeah, uh, it's um, a good reason to delay it, but you know. Yeah, and I mean, like you know, for for the record, um, you know, I I I support all of the strikes. I absolutely, I I, I absolutely, I don't. I don't want my content delayed, but um, I really feel like paying your writers, your actors, the people who make these movies, they deserve a living wage. And from what I can see, from what I can see of Disney's uh, behavior, from what I can see of Netflix's bottom line, from what I can see of everything, they can afford it. And I say this as a, you know, I own one piddly piece of Disney stock, okay? So my, my, my words don't mean anything here, but you know, Disney, come on, you got the money, right? Pay people a decent wage. I think in the long run, that's going to help your PR, you know, but with all, with all that said, um, you know, yeah, it does create a conundrum for fans. Cause it's like, give it to a, you know, like we want the next part, but like, you know, and I, and I love a good cliffhanger, but, you know, writers have got to eat too, you know? I mean, personally, I'd have rather had a uh, six-hour movie, but I know I am vastly in the minority who thinks if I paid this much for a movie, I want as much of my money's worth out of it as possible. <laughs> I mean, you you make a fair point, you know? Movie, movie ticket prices are insane. They, they really are. Um, in terms of I, my emotional reaction, um, I know that I cried at a few points during it. Um, I think the part where I cried was when Gwen and her dad were talking. I think that was the part that got if, to me. If you had asked me what part I thought you cried at, that was going to be my guess. <laughs> um I liked the ending. Again, I did not... I, I remember thinking, wow it feels like we're really far into this movie and they have not tied up a bunch of these strings. <laughs> How longer is this movie going to be? And then it just, so for me, the uh, to be continued just came out of left field and I didn't even have time to feel anything about it. I was just sitting there going, what? What? Wait, no, no, you can't. No, what? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, so, we all got trapped in that other reality with Miles. Yeah, we 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 uh, did in a lot of ways. We, I did we, not realize that he was in trouble. By the way, I knew he was in not the right reality, but I didn't realize how bad the reality he was in was until the moment that other Prowler, that that Prowler Miles shows up. That was the moment I realized how bad this situation was. And my, uh, if I remember correctly, that Miles is actually voiced by a different actor. Like, he sounded different. Yeah. Um, I mean, he certainly, he certainly had a different accent. So, but, uh, you know, I mean, that just could have been Shamik Moore putting on an accent, but no, it, it, it is, it is a different actor. And so I will be very interested to see how those two play off each other in the next movie. 
but yeah, overall, I mean, like there was God, there were so much good stuff in this movie. Like I've, I've, um, one of the, one of the things that I plan to do eventually on this podcast is I'm going to do a tier list of all of the Spider-Man movies and, and, and I'm also going to do a tier list of all of the Spider-Man adjacent movies like Venom and Morbius and later this year, Craven the Hunter. So, um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do that at some point. And I had originally scheduled the tier list for the movies to be episode number four. And I decided that after seeing Across the Spider-Verse that it was just too soon um, for me to do that. I feel like the newness and the novelty of it would have clouded my judgment. So I have pushed the the tier list for all of the Spider-Man and adjacent movies back probably to sometime later this summer. But there was just so much good stuff in here. And, you know, if you were to ask me, well, where, where would you rank this? I mean, like, I don't know if I'd put it at the top, but it's pretty damn close. Like I, I can, I can say with relative conflict conf that I can say with relative confidence, what I think the S tier Spider-Man movies are. And, now it's kind of like there were three there may there may well now be a fourth one but i don't know that for certain yet so i'm gonna kind of you know get a little bit of time and distance and perspective from across the spider-verse before i include it in any such tier list but i don't know what do you guys think of this of this like how would you rate it among the spider-man movies where where would it personally rank for each of you it's easier to point at the bad ones than it is to rank the good ones <laughs> oh don't uh, even get me started there are a lot of there are a lot of good spider-man movies this is definitely one of them uh but like i mean this one's probably for me the sequel it's probably sitting somewhere around five Okay. Because, like, the first movie is, like, one or two for me. Uh, but, like, the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 is up there for me. Uh, all three of the MCU Spider-Man movies I really, really, really enjoyed. Uh, and they're... Especially the third one. I, I Honestly, I've, five is probably a little bit lower on the list, but couldn't say okay that's fair diane um yeah i would like i don't know that i could put them in order but i would definitely agree that this one the only thing i still like into the spider-verse better but a lot of that has to do with just the very nature of this being a two-parter um we don't know the rest of the story we haven't concluded this arc we're we're kind of hanging in the middle there's a lot of, we've d discussed a lot of the threads that are still dangling. Okay, pun kind of intended. Um, <laughs> that um, 
make it difficult to assign this one a place. I have a feeling that I'm going to include it in S tier once the second half of it comes out and I can can wrap up everything that happened and and know how I finally feel about it. And I will say that speaking of films that were clearly not the end of their story. This one definitely left me in a very different place than the end of Infinity War. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was functional walking out of the theater. Um, and, but at the same time, the end of Infinity War felt more like when they got there, I knew that the movie was going to end there. And that we were going to be waiting for for whatever came next. I I knew that we had reached a point. This felt like a little bit more like they just were like, and we've hit about 120 minutes, so we really got to call it here, guys. <laughs> I feel like, you know, when you're playing D&D and you're like, okay, well, we're about to roll for initiative, so let's call it here and we'll start up <laughs> next time. Um and so that makes it harder for me to really say anything about how I rank it just because it feels so unfinished. I mean, and that makes plenty of sense. I think that I, if there's anything that counts against it, it's that this movie Into the Spider-Verse can stand on its own. Across the Spider-Verse really can't. It is heavily dependent on what came before. And it leaves you hanging for what comes next. And I think that even though it is an excellent story, it is the characters are great, everything moves wonderfully, it's well voice acted, it's well produced, you can have all of that and still by its nature of being, you know, um, necessarily just unfinished on both ends, really. You know, like, you can have that count against it. I, I do think those are strikes against it. Um, with that said, it still did so much so well that I cannot help but love this movie. Shock, what are your Definitely thoughts? Definitely your attention and and whatever you got to spend on a on a ticket. I I didn't re I certainly didn't regret going to watch it. I don't suggest anyone need to wait to go watch it unless you know you just absolutely cannot deal with the fact that you're not going to finish the story in one sitting. Um, <laughs> I know plenty of people like that work. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I think the the biggest disservice the movie made was not continuing with the marketing that said, this is the first part of two because that it it's uh, kind of a gut punch at the end. I, I, it is. I, I went into it kind of, I, somebody had seen it beforehand and, and they were like, yeah, I hate that movie uh, because of what it did. And I'm like, uh, you know, so I kind of had an idea and I'm like, okay, uh, they're going to do something, and I'm like, they're not finishing the movie. So uh, yeah. I was, I was, I felt like it was <sighs> everything that was there was great, but it's a real jarring ending. 
they didn't wrap up any sort of plot line. It was just it, here we are and we're stopping. Uh, which I I don't think I've I've dealt I've dealt with that in like a a a film outside of like maybe the Lord of the Rings films where it's obvious this is where it's going to end because right. you know you're familiar with the books. I can't think of another. I can't think of another lore, uh, another theatrical film that just hard stops like that. Uh, even like Empire Strikes Back or like the one that really the, that my brain keeps on making a connection to is Back to the Future 2. Uh, Ooh, nice. <laughs> when I was, you know, when I was a kid, similar thing happened. It, it's like it hard like transitions into the next movie that's coming out in six months, which is what I thought this was going to do. Uh, but, um, it just, it, it, those films all kind of had like a natural resolution, even if everything wasn't resolved, it was still like, this is an an ending. This movie doesn't feel like it has as much of that. It feels like you're, it feels more like a cliffhanger on a television show, which is not something I've, I've experienced in a theater. So I, I I don't know. I don't like the president it sets, if that makes sense. No. I know it makes it makes plenty of sense and and I understand. Um it's funny you should make that comparison uh because uh there's a friend of mine um Dan Gavazdin. He's um he runs the Amazing Spider Talk podcast. Um I've actually I've actually written for his website that that used to kind of run with the podcast. And uh, and I've listened to his review of Across the Spider-Verse, and he makes the exact same comparison that you do. He says that the middle of this 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 movie is, people are going to compare it to The Empire Strikes Back, but really it feels more like Back to the Future 2 in how like abrupt and not quite an ending this movie feels like it has. So, um you know, it's... Back to the Future Two though kind of had like an apology of an ending where it's like <laughs> everything is messed up, but you could stop here. Uh, I yeah. mean, I wouldn't recommend it, but uh, um, yeah, it's it, it kind of they resolved the second film. Uh, it, it just it, it was in a bad place. This one, he's in a bad place, but nothing is resolved. Fair. Uh, everything that we've been working on throughout the film is all up in the air. I think I can't write. <laughs> I didn't pull anything that, that, you know, really got resolved other than, um, well, uh, Gwen Stacy, here it is. Okay. You open the film with Gwen Stacy and by the end of it, Gwen Stacy has made amends with their father. That, that, that was the, the opening conflict. So that there, that works. Okay. Fair enough. You're right. There is that. If if you talk about Tony calling them co-protagonists, Gwen's story came to some kind of a resolution. Miles's hasn't. But Gwen, if you look at Gwen as the primary protagonist of this of this film, she did have a kind of complete arc. So I guess there is that. if there's one thing I regret about uh, seeing this one in the movie theaters, it was that I was in Las Vegas on June 2nd and <laughs> didn't get to see it with Tony because we usually see every MCU or 
other Marvel-ish film, we almost always see them together. Yeah. And I do regret not getting to see this with you because I was still in Vegas when it came out. Um, and because uh, I would have loved to have been able to talk about it right after with you. But yeah, that would be my only regret about seeing it in the theaters. Okay. All right. Um, I think uh, I think this is a probably a pretty good place to start to kind of wrap up the spoiler discussion of this film. Um, before I do that, uh, Diane, Chuck, do either of you have any final words that you would like to say about this movie, about uh, any of the elements in it that 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 are spoilers or anything like that? Just just before we go. I, th- I think I've I've covered it really. I mean, we're yeah. I mean, it, it, I really thoroughly enjoyed it, but thoroughly enjoyed what was there. Okay. All right, Diane. I'll be like I said. I'm interested to see where we go from here. Um, as I mentioned on our other discussion, I think my one other downside that we didn't really discuss is. It's narrative relation to police and and the idea of policing, but that's sort of baked into the genre. So what you going to do about that? Except for Hobie. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody loves Hobie. Heck, I I fully I fully expect that by the end of Beyond the Spider-Verse that Miles is going to love Hobie. So. All right. I believe that brings us to the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode of The Webline, please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on my YouTube channel, simply named Spidey Librarian. The Webline is also available on audio services, so when you see us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or any other such service, please go ahead and leave a review and rating and a follow if possible. You can find me on my socials under the name Spidey Librarian on Twitter, Instagram, WordPress, and Twitch. Finally, if you'd like to shoot me an email, you can again contact me at spideylibrarian at gmail.com, where I'll be happy to hear your thoughts, rants, and ideas. Who knows? Your email might be featured in an upcoming episode. Diane, where can you be found if our listeners wanted to know more about you? Well, I'm not on a lot of the major uh, social medias, but if you want to find me, the best place to look is on your favorite hell site. I am at Dionysic, D-Y-I-O-N-I-S-I-A-C, on Tumblr. All right. And Chuck, where can you be found if our listeners wanted to know more about you? Oh, wow. Um, Well, I I don't really spend a lot of time on the... uh... On the, on the web, but uh, you can find me at Bedrock City Comics uh, on Washington Street in Houston, Texas. And I got to say, I've been I, I, I haven't been to that location in a while, but I have been going to Bedrock City for my comics for years. Love, love that store. All four of them. <laughs> Actually, it's right. fun, man. 
it's five now. I did not know that. Where where's the new one? We got a new one out in Katy. Oh, that is really cool. I did not know that. Congratulations. All right. Well, be sure to join us Sunday on the web line where I'll be working on the web that where I'll be working on the podcast's very first tier list. The subject will be Spider-Man's remarkably robust rogues gallery. Thank you for listening. And until the next episode, I'll be wishing you a good day.